Uh, hey there, Vault Dwellers. Uh, welcome to our special episode. Uh, today we, we want to talk a little about our hobby and some of the things that have been going on. You know, our hobby has always been about escapism and a chance for our minds to wander in far-off worlds and uh, enjoy distant dreams. But from time to time, even gaming intersects with reality. So we've been talking amongst ourselves, and we want to lend our voices to the call to eliminate prejudice. We condemn racism and racial violence in all of its forms, as well as all forms of discrimination. We do, however, recognize that our, our hobby has a bit of a sordid history in these areas and needs to continue to strive to do better. Uh, it also occurs to us that, well, we're five white dudes who, despite our best intentions, need to make more of an effort to encourage and support diversity. Gaming is for everyone, and we want to live in a world where race only matters in character creation. This is the Adventurer's Vault. Follow our epic journeys and hear amazing tales. Join our heroes as they bravely face grave dangers and mysterious evils in distant and unknown lands. Be sure to visit our website, theadventuresvault.com, for episodes, links, and show notes. Music and sounds provided by Sirenscape. And now... It's time to open the Adventurer's Vault. You know, as we're talking about, uh, you know, gaming sites and resources and such that have good representation, I just want to kind of give a shout out uh, to um, online the Dice Tower. Um, I'm, uh, uh, gosh, my friend Brett, uh, uh, kind of, I, I don't know if he coined this term, but he, I like the idea of being considered an omni-gamer. Um, because I love role-playing games, but I love card games and miniatures games and board games. And this is particularly, a, it's really a board game review site, um, but they bring in a lot of contributors, uh, including some very, some regular hosts, both for their podcasts and some of their videos. Uh, and there is excellent diversity represented within their channel. And even despite the fact that they've, they've, you know, worked hard to, uh, to bring that diversity in, they even recently acknowledged, Hey, you know, um, we're, we're trying to do more. We want to do more and we realize that it is necessary to do so. So if you like board games and card games and things like that, they've got good reviews and they're working hard uh, to bring in representation. So just a quick shout out to the Dice Tower. I think, you know, we've talked about, uh, about when to speak, when to be silent. And I feel like we, whatever signal we have that we can give, I would like to boost some black creators in our, our hobby. Uh, you, may have heard of some of these games already uh but mike pondsmith and his brother uh, at our telsorian games they have done uh, cyberpunk is what they're most known for uh they're harlem unbound by chris spivey it's called cthulhu supplement very highly acclaimed i uh, want several annies uh there's currently on drive through rpg there's a black lives matter bundle uh there one or two of them so that has tons of games it's marked down super cheap all the proceeds go to good causes. Um, like I said, I don't know how much signal we have, but reach out to us, whatever we have. I would love to give it to you. I just make another plug. Uh, big in the board game industry probably don't need, um, you know, uh, us to help them with their sales. Uh, but uh, Come On Games uh, has a wonderful designer, uh, Eric Lang, uh, who does great stuff for the hobby. He's very much an ambassador 
uh, I think for the hobby, very accessible in terms of interviews and also an amazing game designer, uh, you know, uh, Blood Rage and um, a zillion other games that I'm forgetting. Uh, he has been lead designer for just prolific and wonderful and uh, uh, just marvelous uh, in terms of his creativity and, and gaming chops. I'd like to talk about some of the things that, you know, we see in the, the gaming culture currently that we, we know are pushing the needle the way that we want it to go towards, you know, more diversity that, is, like I said, you know, we've, we've got a little bit of a, a spotty past in this regards, but I think there have been strides made that way. What are you guys seeing out there that kind of gives you, gives you hope and gives you, you know, gives you a, an, an idea that things are going the right direction? Well, I know for me, uh, you know, I follow a lot of social media in regards to like, critical role and who are the people leading the way online in Twitch games and the big celebrity games and like what what are people watching you know uh you know obviously not us <laughs> uh but like we I see diversity there a, a lot of female leads um a lot of you know different uh genders and races and whatnot and that, that gives me hope um you know for our podcast is stuck in the middle of Springfield Missouri our town doesn't necessarily have a lot of diversity and i know when we started this podcast um you know we never thought we'd have a message or a platform and hell we're not really sure we'd ever had an audience <laughs> we were just doing this still still don't still don't <laughs> yeah may even have less now yeah, i don't know it's quite possible though. um but you know we I, I know for me while we don't have that it felt important to say that you know if we, when we look back in this time even if it's just us listening to the old episodes for fun that we said something, you know, that that giving support to diversity and changing things that, that we said we did, you know. Well, and I think it does apply. To, I've always had the phrase that uh, a game is only as good as its players. So if, you know, we That's want great. diversity in gaming, we need diversity in our players. We need mm -hmm. those different voices. We need those, those different viewpoints because they will come out in characters, whether intentionally or not. Mm -hmm. And how many... You know, players, do you talk to who are like, I got into D and D because someone else brought me in. You know, I think that's important to be, you know, mindful of in inclusion. Yeah, yeah, like purposeful inclusion, not just like. And that's always casual. been one of the positives, I think, of gaming is that, uh, you know, because for the longest time, especially when I was young, it was not the popular thing to do. the 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 wave of popularity has been far more recent. And, you know, but it was very inclusive. That's why I was drawn to it. The people who were there didn't judge me because I liked geeky things because they liked geeky things too. You know, I, th I think that uh, Ethan made a particularly perceptive statement there, and, and that is that, um, you know, our, our our hobby, the people that play in our hobby, I think, um, you know what, and, and this is a stereotype, um, but I think you can say that, that um, in, in many cases, you know, as folks that seek out escapism and maybe folks that sometimes are, you know, regard themselves as not fitting in, um, you know, they, they, um, may not always be comfortable with the idea of, oh, I'm interested in that. I'm going to track it down and reach out and get myself involved. Um, I think that, that, and that doesn't apply to everyone. Obviously we got, you know, can't, if we've learned nothing, we can't, if nothing else, we, we can't make broad generalizations. But the point is, is that this always seems to have been a hobby where it's about those personal connections that people make. It's about that invitation to sit down at a table uh, or those people that have gravitated together and decide to create something um, or to participate in some sort of game as opposed to, 
you know, kind of a, a rogue, I'm going to run down and, and learn how to play this game somewhere. Um, and, and so that idea of reaching out and, and of saying, Hey, you are welcome at my table. Let me show you how to do this thing that I love this game that I love. Um, I, I think is, is particularly important and, and the, anything we can do to further that spirit and expand that reaching out, um, I, I think is, can only be better for the hobby. It, and it's hard in that scenario too, because one, you have to have a person who takes his shot mm-hmm. and just emails one Richard Souther out of the blue, has never met anyone, and is like, mm-hmm. hey, I saw you were a, a venture captain or something. Mm-hmm. My name's Brad. Can I come play? And not only does that have to happen, the guy at the other end's got to be like, yeah, random dude I've never met in my life. Mm-hmm. Sure. Come hang out with my close friends and play games. <laughs> you, 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 you don't know what you're getting into, but by yeah. God. <laughs> if, <laughs> you know. Literally, if Rich had ignored that email, I wouldn't be here. You know, and uh, as something further to kind of add to that, too. You know, once you have an established play group together, sometimes it's real easy to be insular with it. You know, mm-hmm. this idea that, uh, hey, we got our group. We're good. We don't want anyone yeah. else to come in and, and mess up our groove or anything like that. And um, I think that that's something that a, a person just has to, to get beyond. I know for many years um, I was involved with uh, organized play, both for uh, Wizards of the Coast and um, for, uh, uh, for Paizo with Pathfinder. And, um, you know, you're, you're, when you're at a convention or even setting up game days and things like that, you know, you get people all the time uh, and Brad, you know, again, just gave a great example of reaching out to Richard Southard as a result of, um, of, of Pathfinder games. But, um, you, you, you know, you gotta have a welcoming attitude and you gotta just be willing if that person shows up and expresses interest, um, that, you know, you, you, you can say, Hey, come on, sit down with us. Um, you know, yeah, it's great to sit down with a game where you know everybody and everybody's your buddy and all that, but but uh, being able to to say you are you know you're welcome at this table. Let me show you how to do the, this thing that we do. Um, I can think of some amazing friendships um, and wonderful relationships, and frankly, people that have joined and contributed to the hobby and helped it grow tremendously because they were one time welcomed in to a group and invited to sit down, and then got to see what it's all about. And I think that that's that's critical. I think to a certain extent, we all should serve as ambassadors to the hobby, um, because it only benefits, uh, whenever we're able to bring more people on board. The, the potential of the unknown can be unlimited and has to be explored. Absolutely. You know, we, we, we've run into this even amongst our own game groups where stagnation is bad and has, you know, killed game groups where you're just like, we're not interested in anything new. Uh, and people grow out of that. Yeah, they do. And, you know, we're maybe going through that right now in other aspects of the world is maybe some people are growing up and others aren't. You know, and that's, it, it is true, like you say, in the games. I really enjoy the group we currently have on the podcast and, and the cast is great. But at the same time, over time, even that will become stagnant. You know, at some point in time, we have to mix things up and we realize that for the same reasons. Uh, because we want diversity because without it, it becomes boring. That's kind of why I always found this very strange, this aversion to adversity, because that, you know, people being different, people being unique, that's what makes life interesting. I think the core tenant of any RPG group is like, hey, we're all playing the same class. It doesn't work. It's not fun. Except uh, one time we were all paladins. Well, that's, that's a great... <laughs> uh, tell us about your broken paladins, will you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
you know, you're you're absolutely correct. And actually, what a wonderful analogy. Yeah, if everybody's playing the same class, mm-hmm. yeah, it's all you know. You're, doesn't, you're doesn't work. Yep. Yep. Well, and you know, in a way, uh, gaming has always kind of been an allegory for real life. You know, as we as people make characters, as we play the, these games, they they we get to explore themes and ideas that you don't get to, uh, you know, in real life. If you're like, hey, I want to play a barbarian who's a bit of a murder hobo. Well, that's not you know, a bad idea at a gaming table, you can do that. And, uh, you know, you're not suddenly a terrible person. And so many different permutations of characters, you have that opportunity to kind of explore those um, and and work through these social ideas in different ways. Uh, You know, Star Trek for me was always a great example of that, where they really took these these social um, uh, issues of the time and explored them. But instead of, you know, race being black and white, it was Vulcan and human and Klingon and uh, you know Betazoid. The you know they, they these started the stand-ins for all the different things that we see in the real world. And and RPGs are the same thing. We have the same aspects. But at the same time, too, you know, like Star Trek was very progressive with Uhura as a character and stuff. So I think. Well, yeah, I mean that was the first on-screen kiss uh, yeah. between a white man and a black woman. <laughs> Um, did you know I heard something about that very like literally today about that that scene? Did you know that they had them film a second scene where they didn't kiss, they hugged, and there was some thought that the network might substitute that yeah. out, and so Kirk uh, or uh, what's his name, um, Sh- William Shatner, Shatner, essentially screwed it up. Um, he looked directly into during the hug scene. He looked directly into the camera and went cross-eyed so that it would not be a usable <laughs> take, and that they had to use the kissing scene. What? And I, you know, that's a well thought out milestone. What are those milestones now? What, what is, what can gaming do to have that a horror moment? I mean, I, I don't actually, I don't have an answer to that question. You know. Well, you know what, Brad, you brought up a real good point earlier. Um, I mean, gosh, look at the representation that you see mm-hmm. as, for example, Dungeons and Dragons and, um, and you know, Pathfinder and other role playing games are being. Um, you know, uh, recorded and then, you know, as people are able to watch live playthroughs of those games, I, I want to say that, um, gosh, I'm thinking of like Geek and Sundry and mm-hmm. other channels. Oh, yeah. And, um, and there is, I mean, a great representation uh, on those podcasts. You see lots of people of color. Uh, you see folks who are transgendered, LB, uh, LBTQ plus um, folks that are represented. Um, and, and I think, you know, how, how refreshing, how energizing to, to see a <laughs> live playthroughs become popular. I mean, the, you had told me 20 years ago uh, yeah. that kids be sitting around these days watching people play D and D, uh, on their computer screens and, and well, phones, that's what they're doing. I, I would have said you're crazy. Um, so that's wonderful. But then to see that at the same time that those shows have emerged, that they are embracing, uh, diversity, um, w- you know, wonderful. I mean, there's there's one we're witnessing right now. I mean, even like as late as like mid '90s, late '90s in South Georgia, yeah, I couldn't fathom that. I couldn't even find a gaming group mm-hmm. in the crappy Southern Georgia town I was in, much less like, oh, I can watch this on YouTube and free podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the text there, and I, I think as far as gaming like representation, it's catching up. Yeah, and I think I think that accessibility has really driven more people to actually seek out the hobby mm-hmm. you know we talked about you, you emailing rich and i i think you know this should be something to be mindful of you know like people are seeking out the hobby a lot of those people might be you know people of color lgbt whatever you know it's and i think it's hugely important to well, be receptive of that 
And I think you see that reflected at the conventions. Uh, you know, I know some of us here have been long convention goers, and I remember, you know, back when Gen Con was in Milwaukee and much, much smaller. And, you know, we've seen it balloon into this this very large convention and go through a lot of a lot of growing pains and a lot of um, a lot of differences. Richard, what do you what do you t- conventions? Those yeah. are those well, places in the long, long ago when people used to gather in crowds. I yeah, we we don't have a lot to get excited for this year. We're huh. hoping uh, hoping next year we get to well, go back to conventions. I don't know. It just doesn't sound good. I. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, they've got, they become much larger, and it is because of the diversity. Now, I remember when seeing a female at Gen Con was almost impossible. Uh, and, and now, you know, the, um, it's nowhere near equal yet, but the percentage keeps increasing every year. And you see people of all ages. You see people of all walks of life. And it's encouraging to see that diversity increase. We need to keep moving the needle that direction. But it's changed a lot even in, say, the last 10 years. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think you see, um, and, and you mentioned a great example of that too, especially gender diversity um, uh, appearing at those conventions. I mean, there's an unfortunate stereotype sometimes I think of gamers, you know, the grognards, you know, the guys that are the old men hunched around a miniatures table who are, un, you know, not not friendly to to new people. And and I mean, you know, there's Sean, some... We're, we're right here. We're right <laughs> here. Well, oh gosh, yeah, sorry. I, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but uh, you know, I, I think that that is, you know, and I mean, again, there's, there's maybe some basis in fact, um, but I think you see less of that. And I think people are more welcoming, um, to, you know, to, to different genders at the table. I know I'm thinking of going to conventions and, and, uh, playing and running, um, living campaigns and you see, frankly, you see more ladies sitting down at the table and you know what? And I know that they haven't always been perceived as welcome. I mean, I've encountered some situations, you know, where nobody's been outwardly, um, you know, rude or anything like that, but you could, you could tell that maybe there are, were some dudes there that weren't comfortable with, with the number of ladies at the table. And, um, but I think that's changing and I think that's encouraging but not being a lady, you know, I don't know what lady gamers and, and, and folks of different other genders um, have experienced. Um, but I sure am glad to see them coming to the table. And I'm, I'm sure, I'm hoping that they're, you know, if they are encountering some resistance from, you know, that, uh, a hobby that at one time has been traditionally male or mostly male, I, I, I hope that it is getting better and even more welcoming for them because it is good to see them. You know, Sean, you bring up there uh, those aspects of conventions because as much as we all love conventions, I, I know for me personally that is where I got first got introduced to the dark underbelly of uh, some of the bad things in our hobby. Uh, you know, one of the more recent ones that just kind of shocked me and was uh, you know not too long ago there was uh, kind of a wave with cosplayers where they wanted everybody to have uh, standards of, of conduct for all the con goers and hold everybody to that. And I think it's absolutely wonderful that we've done that. But when that came out, it just shocked me when I started hearing the stories of things that were happening to these cosplayers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I'm at conventions, but cosplay was never really my thing. These were just, you know, people you saw as you're going from game to game going, Hey, that's a cool costume. Uh, so I mean, I believe these things happen, but when I first heard it, I was, I was appalled. I, I, I could not believe this. Uh, so I'm glad that that's been, you know, we're helping with that, that we're, we're holding people accountable, that we are uh, saying that that is not okay. Um, because honestly, we want, we want cosplayers to be there. Those people have a very fun uh, side of the hobby that they like and enjoy, and they should be able to enjoy it. And we want to encourage that. Uh, but that is also an area that seems to be an easier avenue for more diverse people to get into. It's, it's kind of an easier door for them to walk in. 
You know, I absolutely agree. And I'll tell you, I heard, you know, I heard those same stories too. And you know what even bothered me though? Um, sometimes you would hear as a reaction to those stories, you would hear some people saying, well, you know, if they didn't want to be groped or whatever, you know, maybe they shouldn't have dressed in sort of a sexy costume. And it's like, what are you talking about? If, if a person wants to express themselves in a way that, you know, is, is, you know, has, has some degree of sexiness or sexuality to it, you know, what makes you think that gives anyone permission, um, you know, to essentially assault them? I mean, it's, it's baffling that people would have that attitude. And I'm, I'm not saying that traditionally gamers have been known for, uh, missing all social cues whatsoever and not knowing how to interact with people in a correct way. I mean, it, it, it happens, it happens, you know, but it the, does, but that's not an excuse for us to tolerate no, it. But like, like it happens, but like the group think mm-hmm. traditionally was like, that's just how it is. Right. And, and, that, and now people need to step up and be like, no. And that's what I'm glad that we're seeing change. So that's why I was glad to, to see people bring out those standards and bring that to light because we need to make certain that everybody realizes it's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of where we are with other issues now. And it is one of those things like Rich, like you said, you had no idea this was happening. I same same way, you know, it's like there's a lot of people having bad experiences out there that like you and I just don't know about and that I would never go through that same thing. Well, and that's what we need to do. We need to be able to listen to what other people have to say, mm-hmm. listen to their experiences, and, you know, move forward from there. We need to hear their stories, not just at the game table. We need to hear their stories as people and be receptive to that and receptive to their ideas and opinions. That's what diversity is all about. The idea that if we can all do that, we will be stronger. Yeah, I mean, the touch back on the cosplay thing a little bit, like people would be like, oh, you, you got to stay within your type. Fuck that. You want to be an African-American Superman? Be an African-American Superman. You want to be a guy dresses up as Starfire? Congrats. Do it. Uh, I've played several female characters over the years. Not because I I thought I was doing anything important. Because it it sounded fun. And it was something I wanted to explore. And I had the freedom and space to do that because of people who accepted me for that. We need that everywhere. Absolutely. I want to return to a point that Richard uh, was talking about earlier, this idea that, um, you know, and actually Ethan had brought it up too, the idea of listening to people's experiences. You know, um, I think, you know, there's been many examples in in terms of what we're going through now where people have said, oh, I don't believe that this phenomenon is true because I haven't experienced it myself. And it's like, well, you wouldn't experience it yourself because, (laughs) you know, you're, 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 um, you know, you're not sharing the same heritage or, or gender or what have you. And, um, you know, and kind of to go along with that, it's this idea that many of us have have expressed this idea. It's like, we're seeing all this stuff going on in the world and stuff in our hobby. And we think, I don't know what to say about this. And you know what? That's a good cue. Cause that means if you don't know what to say, it's probably a good time to listen Mm -hmm. and try to understand. And then maybe you'll have an idea of what maybe even then you won't know what to say, but you'll have an idea of what you can do. And that's probably the most important thing. In, in times like these, um, maybe you don't need to say, but it's important to stand. Agreed. Yeah, I, th- I think for me, you know, like I've had conversations with people about like, well, you know, so-and-so is going really hard on social media about about the posting Black Lives Matter all, all the time. And like, you know, I, th- I think for me, it's important that there be like zero confusion. 
Yeah. And like, no, I don't want under any circumstances for anyone to mistake me as someone who would ever hashtag all lives matter or or not not know that I would be on your side. You know, like that I think is because I, I have struggled a lot with like, what do I even say through all this? And just I think at the end of the day, I don't I don't want to be confused with anyone who is anti diversity who you know would oppress other people's voices you know i i absolutely i'm on their side no i mean as gamers i've always uh, felt that one of the things that binds us together is we are all storytellers we all love a good story and we love telling a good story but there's a point in time where the best thing we can do is sit and say to somebody else I want to hear your story. And that's what we need to do right now. There are people who need to tell their story and we need to listen to it. And we actually would, if you would like to get in touch with us, uh, you know, via social media or whatever. Um, you know, we, we don't really know at the end of the day, the makeup of our audience, if assuming we have one, we would love to know though. Um, mm -hmm. because whatever minor or little platform we've got, uh, across the different things. I mean, we've got things like, you know, we're on Instagram at the Adventurers Vault, uh, Twitter and a Facebook at TAD Vault. Uh, we're at the Adventurers Vault pod at gmail.com if you want to email us. And you can always reach us on Twitter and Facebook at, at TAD Vault. That's at TAD Vault. Uh, we're also on Instagram at the Adventurers Vault, or if you want to get in touch with me personally, uh, Alder Boyo, A L D E R B O Y O. Um, we would love to hear your stories. And hopefully, if you'd be okay with it, share them, um, you know, because like Ethan said, it was important to make that declaration for us. Yep. Black lives matter. Transgender we, lives matter. We want to listen. We do want to listen to your story. So like they say, reach out to us on social media if you want to, if you want to tell us more or help us learn more ways to improve and discover more avenues in which we can help fight discrimination and support equality. Everybody is welcome at our table. So stay safe, stay healthy and stay listening.